trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guests, John, Lepper, and Matt Simmons. Listeners, you remember John from episode seven, I want to say. Um, so John, I don't think John needs an intro. Go back and listen to that episode because it was great. But this time we are also joined by Matt and I will let Matt sort of do a quick little bio intro and then we'll get the show on the road. So hello, Bree. Hello, Matt. Um, my name's Matt. I'm about to be 32. I'm also a cis gay man. I've been with John for how many years have we been? It'll be four in January. Yeah, long time. Um, I work as an engineer for USAA, doing cloud-driven work. And yeah, just living my best life in quarantine. Living it up. So if y'all have listened to my previous episodes, you'll know that John and I have been friends since I was 12. So 18 years now and every year we say we're not going to be friends again and then here we are so but I think I met Matt I had to be in my early 20s it's been forever um but yeah I'm so excited to have both of you on and to talk about this topic because it's for sure been a topic I've been wanting to talk about and I'm glad it's with the two of you because as you know I've struggled with this idea for a long time so the, the topic today is Relationship dynamics and untangling the mysteries behind non-traditional relationship models. So I know for me, and you'll both know this, I used to date What's Her Bucket back in the day, and she and her partner were open. And so I think that was my first experience ever like dating someone who was in an open relationship. But I feel like in queer culture, but specifically in gay men culture, open relationships are very normal. And so I'm excited to talk to you about this and your experiences. Yeah. So, I mean, it's different for everybody. And, and like you already said, you know, you had some experience in it, but the experience is different for everybody. Um, this is my first uh, open relationship by definition. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's definitely one of those things that takes time to develop between people and takes time to, you know, to, to converse about, to, to come to where you want to be. Um, you know, what made us pick this topic is, you know, you have a lot of people who are interested or even curious about what that term open relationship means or, or what, you know, polyamory to them would mean. And, you know, there's so much stigma around the, this, the relationship model to begin with that it's hard to address it and talk to talk about it in an open setting without being judged. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people love to jump immediately to the point of like, oh, well, of course, you're in an open relationship. You guys are whores, you know? And honestly, I think it kind of, you know, it immediately kind of dives into that topic with a lot of insecurities that that person might have in the past or with just how they feel like their relationship, how a relationship should be in general. You know, I think I used to have a lot of that too when I grew up, you know, you always, you get this idea pounded in your head that you got to uh, grow up and get married and, you know, have a family and stuff. And those things are great and nice and all, but it's always just like, you know, it's you and that one other person. Um, there, there cannot be any other experiences outside of that relationship. And I think a lot of people come from that kind of place and it takes a lot of change and a lot of um, battles to kind of overcome those insecurities that you might have with yourself that you end up projecting on your partner. Um, I don't think open relationships are for everybody at all. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, I definitely, I definitely think it's, there, it's one thing to just be like, ah, oh, it's not my thing. You know, I'm open to it if it ends up working, but it's another when, you know, somebody immediately shuts it down. Like they just like, absolutely not. Like I will never, you know, you're already setting yourself up for failure whenever you're putting those kind of, um, gates on a relationship. And of course it's just my opinion, but you know, like how much worse can that get? You know, <laughs> I think the most important part of it is to, you know, define what an open relationship is versus some of the other terms. I mean, there's so much fuzzy gray area. Um, and it, you know, the first thing to understanding a concept is to understand, you know, what, what we're talking about. So, you know, with me and Matt, you know, we were open right from the beginning. Um, we had very deep and open conversations from the time we got together. Uh, me and Matt have been together for almost four years. Uh, we've been friends for 10 plus years. Uh, we met each other when we were still with different partners and, you know, in a different life a long time ago. Um, and for us, you know, it was a very easy transition, but you have things like open relationship versus monogamous, which is obviously the easiest one, you know, and monogamy is like the practice of, you know, a sexual and emotional relationship with one partner and one partner only. That's kind of the norm. That's the baseline you would say for most people. Um, and whereas open relationships, you know, in our context and in, in most contexts in the gay community, open relationships are like a closed emotional relationship between two people and it becomes open in the sexual nature of the relationship, um, whether it's together or separate. And that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. What's kind of important, what he said there is communication. I think none of them, none of that can be possible without communication and that communication is the most important part of this because if you don't have that open communication if you're scared of rejection or if you're scared of you know getting in an argument or something just because and that's that's the problem right if you start arguing or if you start fighting over something of just like opening up communication then there's already problems but you have to be very vocal with each other about you know how you feel and if you're not if you don't say how you feel those feelings just end up swelling and getting worse and then you end up doing stuff behind their back because you want to satisfy those those needs and 
it's just better if you just talk to your partner about it. Like it shouldn't be that hard. I think for me as someone who, where I currently am in life, I don't think that I would, where I currently am, I have been asked to be in relationships before. And for me, it's been such an insecurity thing. I mean, I've talked about it here on the podcast of like, I've lost my dad. I mean, I lost my mom when I was super young and then my dad and I stopped talking when I was 18. So for me, I have already a lot of like not trust issues, but for sure abandonment issues. It's like with me, the thought of being in an open relationship for me is an insecurity because I feel like maybe I'm not enough. My partner won't think that I'm enough. And then also, like I said, I had dated that other person but I didn't know they were in an open relationship to a coworker told me that they met that person's girlfriend. And so with me, it was this lie that I like, essentially to me, she lied to me. Like she did not tell me that she had a girlfriend. I had no idea that she was with someone until someone else told me. And so with me, it's been like you're saying communication is key, but I wasn't privy to that information. So for me at the beginning, it was just really tainted for me. And then once we, got into the flow of like me being with her but she having a primary partner it was for me it was not that I'm a needy person but it was just very interesting to like trying to navigate having someone how I was single but she had two partners like this balancing act for me was really interesting like I couldn't just be like you want to go like grab dinner tonight like no I had plans with my other partner so yeah like the way I've seen like my other friends who have open relationships work through it has been interesting, but still for me, I'm like so hesitant. And I think it's because of my own insecurities, but like you're saying, it's all about communication and how you feel, but where I am right now, I don't know if I could ever or would ever. You know, I, I think what you're, what, you know, and we talked about this when, when the situation happened, I think that by definition of what was going on there, she was more in her, you know, in her, jumping into polyamory than yeah. actual relationships um because you know a polyamorous relationship that's completely different that's where you know it's the emotional bounds are not off the table as well as the sexual bounds um and yeah that seems like a lot of work you know to, to juggle those moving pieces at all times um but you know it comes down to right there there's not the communication and you know is she was that person looking for a polyamorous relationships, having more than one, having a, emotional needs fulfilled by multiple people? You know, obviously it wasn't just sexual. Whereas you know, you have open relationships that are, you know, technically, you know, by definition, just more about that sexual side of things, not necessarily the emotional side. Yeah. Um, I mean, for sure, I I believe that like you can love more than one person at a time. That's not the issue I have for me. It's just. You know me, my biggest thing is like, don't lie. So there's also the thing of like, <laughs> I just constantly, I don't know if it's a trust issue. I'm just constantly, like, if we're not talking, that means you're keeping something from me. And so there's also like that whole level of it for me too. Cause I mean, she had plenty of opportunities to tell me and she just didn't. So I don't know. We'll see. I also kind of think, you know, that falls on her, right? Cause I've had, I've been in situations and John definitely knows I've been in situations where certain guys get the wrong idea. And uh, I'm pretty, I'm often pretty clear about laying those, those, laying it down. Like, oh no, we're, we're not dating. Oh, Matt, Matt has no problem with lay, <laughs> laying those, laying the groundwork right there and telling somebody what it is. No, <laughs> often a little too bluntly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like, I think it's, that's kind of like, you, you got to be responsible with that piece. You can't just, you can't mislead people and, you know, give them false hope for, 
you know, pretending like, oh, well, you know, I'm available, but I'm actually not. Like, that's not something that we do. God, can you imagine Shan's breaking? Oh, wow, I referred to him as Shan. Uh, <laughs> can you re- imagine Matt uh, breaking plans with me to go do something with somebody else? Like, I feel like Matt barely wants to leave the house. You want him to have multiple Oh, plans. God, COVID-19 has been a blessing for him. <laughs> Jesus, I work from home. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's also what's been interesting too. I mean, being here, being in COVID and, you know, social distancing, everything else, like I made the decision in 2020 not to date at all. And you would think that I told people I was going to go like grow a third arm. Like it's like the like worst thing people have heard. And so like with me and the decision not to date this year is because I really wanted to do a reset of like who I want to date and what I want moving forward. And so I also think about that too, like as I start to consider dating again, what does that look like as I turn, like I just turned 30 and getting older and I'm also in this mindset of like, maybe I don't want to have kids and get married and I'm really like been enjoying oh. this single life. And, you know, I just, I think a lot about our like generation and how we're really just redefining everything <laughs> and people are losing their shit. But I think also like for me to be someone who identifies as queer and you know has the ability to be interested in all genders and so for me not to date all the straights are like losing their shit like you have so many options what do you mean and I'm just like I just don't see it right now and so I think there's also that conversation too of how being in open relationships or polyamorous also shifts now and then right because I even like having friends who have been in open relationships too they would be like you know what we're gonna be monogamous for like a little while or like kind of doing a reset of the relationships that's also been a thing on my mind too like it's not like you have to always be open in your relationship like there are always like there's ebbs and flows of it too like straight people are the first sorry straight people but straight people are the first ones to to go off the wall and react to something like you know if that's not normal how do you mean you're not married you don't have kids you're not doing this it's like you know i get it I'm, I'm doing something different. I don't need your approval right now. I don't need this. Uh, so for, you know, the whole idea of having an open relationship is mind blowing for them. But then the whole idea of not acting on it is also like, you know, what are you going to do? You have a hall pass and we're not going to use it. It's like, you know, kid in the candy shop type thing. Yeah. They always, <laughs> every time I get in that kind of conversation, it's always like, huh? Oh, I could never do that. I'm like, well, have you tried it? It's like, no, because I could never do that. Like, well, then you don't know if you could do it. Like, you know, it's it's kind of an experience thing. It's it takes it takes a lot of trust and it takes a lot of, um, like I said, battling those insecurities. And I honestly, when I've talked to like my sister about it, she's just she just that she can't understand. She can't put her her mind in that in that sort of mindset. And it's you know, it is what it is, but. I also think about like, I don't want to say false representation, but like how like TV depicts open relationships and, you know, polyamory and all those other types of open relationships. The only thing I can ever think about is, oh my God, sister wives is always the first thing that pops into my mind. Well, first of all, the straights. Second off... (laughs) Great of any kind of concept of other relationships right like that, that if that's your like the only depiction you have of things it's like that's for me i just wish there was like more representation of like how open relationships do work how conversation is key to making these things work and you know 
I was I had a a friend of mine Nathan on previously and they are often in open relationships. Nathan has been in relationships since they were 16, 17 years old. So about like 12 years now just constantly in relationships and I was like that sounds exhausting, but who am I? But even just having that conversation with Nathan of like how often you know, they have conversations with their multiple partners and conversations around insecurity and jealousy and how things work. So I don't know, I guess for those of, for those listeners who are like interested, like how have y'all made it work? What does it look like? And I know it's going to be different for each person, but I think like being able to talk to your experience would be really helpful. I think the first thing is to, to getting the stigmas out of the way for yourself, not just for other people. Um, you know, cause the first one, like you just said, is that somebody's a slut, you know, they just want sex, the insecurity of it, you know, oh, they're in a weak relationship. Getting past that yourself and understanding what the base of your relationship was probably the first thing for us was that, you know, we started as an open relationship, but that communication piece was there from day one. Um, And we were just constantly talking about our feelings at that moment. I mean, that was a very uh, you know, juvenile part of the relationship at the beginning, like not the, the juvenile period of the relationship, you know, constant yeah. communication came into play. But, you know, my, my biggest thing was getting through, you know, people think I just, you know, I'm just a slut and I'm just doing this because I'm greedy. You know, I am just doing this because, uh, you know, I'm insecure and I agreed to it because, you know, you know, he, I just wanted to keep him like, that's things that you need to get past. And I think that the biggest thing is getting through those own personal demons before you even try to explain it to anybody else, not that you even owe anybody an explanation, um, but understanding where you're at, understanding what you want and understanding what works for you. I mean, like you just said, everything, it's different for everybody. Every, you know, there's rules, there's, you know, there's guidelines there's stipulations, there's navigating the entire, you know, community and traversing everything, the adversities together. Um, and it looks different for everybody, but for us, a lot, you know, everything came down to a lot of communication and a lot of uncomfortable communication. Um, honestly, if you yeah. can't have, yeah, if you can't have those conversations with each other, then you shouldn't be an open relationship. And if you can't have those, those conversations with your partner or potential partner, you probably shouldn't be with a partner in general. <laughs> you know, if you, if you can't talk about sex and what you need, then maybe it's time to think about yourself. Yeah. I just think it's kind of like a, um, there's like a little gateway into it. It's like having a threesome, right? Like everybody's like, oh yeah, threesomes, easy, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So easy to just like immediately jump to that. And um, I think I, I've definitely had a few of those where there's obviously some tension between the, the couple and they haven't figured that out. So that's always like, in my head, I think that's like a good toe in the water kind of experience if that's something that's ever going to work out or not going to work out. <laughs> oh God, we've had some disastrous situations. <laughs> <laughs> you name it, shit has happened. It's a, you know, it's a crazy world out there. I think the, the thing about this is people assume that sex is easy, but like real honest emotional emotions and feelings are hard. And so, I mean, especially like nowadays with like, tinder and dating culture and hookup culture like being able to like just go sleep around is fine but asking people to like do the hard work of like actually communicating with people is the difficult part and i mean like you're saying it's it's communication is key and i tell people all the time i could talk for days so like that's not the issue but 
people who aren't willing, like you're saying, to be vulnerable and honest and actually like say what they want in relationships is a lot of reason why these things don't work. You know, and it's, it's also not just, you know, can't, you know, the conversation or being able to talk, it's being able to, to hit the topics and to communicate effectively. I mean, in order for any type of communication between partners to be successful, you have to come to an agreement and understanding with each other quickly and efficiently. I mean, I'm not going to sit here all day and talk to Matt about how I want to go blow some dude. Like, no, like that's not where we're going with this. But, you know, being able to have that conversation in general is important and being able to set your boundaries and your, you know, your, 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 your rules and, and doing those guidelines, you know, it's important to have those conversations, but not to drag it forever. Nobody wants to sit here and talk about, you know, what we can or can't do for the next two and a half hours. <laughs> and it, it's, you know, doing that hard work, like you said, but, but doing that work in a way that's effective. You know, so some of the things that, you know, you'll, you'll see in other relationships and other, you know, terrible representation of open relationships are like this, this big, you know, shining spotlight on rules. And, you know, some, some people in couples and other things, they have like this list of rules and you cannot break anything other, you know, for us, they're more like guidelines. Like we have just an outline of things that we just don't do. And most of them are just conscientious things that you're not going to do to fuck over your partner. You know, I'm not going to break plans with Matt to go do something, hook up with somebody. Uh, you know, so what are some I, of the, I think at first though, they were probably a little bit more rigid. They were. Yeah. I think we've gotten a little bit more flexible as we've grown matured in our relationship, but you know, and that's, that's expected. Like you'd want to, you know, especially if somebody's, it's new to somebody, you want to, you want to like, you know, like, this is what it's going to be. Like, how do we, how do we work around this? Like exactly, you know, what are, what are the expectations here? And then you work with those and then you kind of mature over time. I guess once you ease out of that, oh, well, this ain't so bad kind of feeling, you know? Yeah. I think another thing for me, like, as I've talked to other people about it is like, you also can't have that, like, the pettiness around like holding it over someone's head. Like you're saying, like you just said, John, like I'm not going to sit here and do something with someone else like behind Matt's back. Like I just think of like that too, of how I've seen some couples break up because like they can't get past one thing that their partner did with someone else. So like the, the inability or even either the inability to get over or the fact that it happened and they can't move past it. Yeah. And then all that does is fester and create, you know, this thing. But what that, that all comes down to is, did you have the conversations? Are you able to, to hold these adult conversations and, and have these real honest, vulnerable moments with your partner and let them know that, yeah, maybe something hurt you. Maybe, you know, you didn't express yourself in a way that was direct enough and say, no, I don't like this. And then learn and grow from that. And I mean, this just goes beyond open relationships in general. This goes in everyday relationships, whether it's for work, whether it's for life, whether it's for, you know, monogamous or polyamorous relationships, you know, a lot of this generation, mine, the one below us, you know, we have a hard time saying what we want to say directly out, but we have no problem, you know, putting in a text message and uh, putting it on TikTok. We need to have those conversations and be able to, trust that your partner, that your boss, that it's the person you're speaking to is going to be able to understand what you're saying and respect that content that you're, you're giving them. And nobody's perfect, right? So you got to learn to forgive people. Yeah. You know, I'm, 
there's gonna no matter what in relationships there's gonna be fuck ups if you're just ready to drop it then then really how invested were you in that relationship if you're not willing to forgive that person over mm. something trivial i mean really if you think about it it's pretty trivial <laughs> but i think that we kind of get away from ourselves with that we just can't learn to let go and we need to we, figuring out how to forgive especially somebody like your partner when they fuck up or you know do something that is out of bounds is having that conversation and learning how to work through that, you know, and I think forgiveness is a big piece that's often overlooked, you know, you can forgive and not forget, but you know, can't move forward if you're always looking back. I would say another thing that nobody ever kind of warned me about, or I, I wasn't, you know, willing, ready to understand was my view, not necessarily because, you know, I have my own insecurities, but the insecurity of, your partner doesn't have to always go after certain people or, you know, go after or be in these open relationship type situations with people that look like you. Um, and that's a hard one. That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes for some people because I sleep with some men that do not look like Matt. Uh, and you know, if you're sleeping with, you know, these people and, you know, potentially give your partner a complex or, you know, even yourself a complex, that has probably been one of the harder things for me is that types don't necessarily line up all at the same time. Um, you know, me and Matt's types overlap. Uh, and then we're on the different spectrum sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, oh God, you're talking to that person. And of course, you know, part of it is me being an insecure idiot. And the other part of me is like, why am I even judging that person? Mainly because I'm insecure and I want to blow the world up at times. But, you know, that to me has been probably the harder thing to come to terms with is that, I don't necessarily need to agree with the person that my partner is sleeping with because that's not for me that, you know, that is, that is them. That is their, who they're sleeping with. That is their preference. That is their sexual attraction. That is them. And I need to be comfortable and secure in the fact they are still attracted to me. Um, even if I gain Corona weight. So you know, <laughs> it, it's one of those things that nobody warned you about. Um, you know, and you, you think about it in the back of your head and then, you know, next thing you know, it comes roaring out like this crazy lion. Um, and I think that was probably one of my biggest things to get over with is that I don't need Matt's stamp of approval to on the people I sleep with. And he definitely does not need mine. Yeah, that judgment can get pretty, pretty messy, especially like me. I can I go through my jelly bean bag of men sometimes <laughs> and it can be like, wow him really and then oftentimes like oh, I never would have thought that's crazy you know so it's it's kind of like a thing getting over that judgment uh, and I guess part of that you know that understanding in that that moment you know that getting past that insecure part is you know in line with the term compersion um, I don't necessarily feel some sort of you know outwardly joy towards it. So first off, compersion is the joy associated with seeing one's partner have a joyful sexual or romantic relationship with another. Um, and you've mentioned it before in some of your podcasts, Brady. you know, for some people like that idea of compersion is what drives the relationship is what is this big thing. Um, for me, I had no joy, you know, it's not, I'm not necessarily going out of my way to be like, wow, Matt had this 
awesome relationship with this you know person today this hookup like no that's that's not me that's not my mo but you know coming to the to terms with that that you know i'm okay with with us doing this because it is what we want and it is what makes us happier and helps build the relationship i have words about compersion and i never know <laughs> how i feel about it it's a fickle thing um you know i literally put why is it a fickle thing on a, on our show notes because i'm i have such a complex relationship with the term I, I i don't necessarily i'm not jumping for joy every time matt tells me he hooks up with somebody yeah it's not like, you know, that's not my immediate reaction and maybe, you know, am I a bad open relationship gay? Maybe, but like, that's, I don't know. I mean, when I think about that, I think about, you know, I go back to the whole threesome thing. It's like, yeah, it's kind of hot whenever you're kind of seeing the action from a third party view. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I thought about too. Yeah. I get like a kind of a experience out of that. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. You know, really get that <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely goes to a, a, like an, an another level sometimes where like you know that's some people's driving force is not even being that third party being that out very very outside observation of like my partner did this today and it made me feel happy you know a lot of mine and Matt's situations fall from you know the timing you know um one thing is COVID has changed the game. Um, you know, Ooh, say that again. <laughs> God, you name it, COVID's changed something. And for us, you know, we had to have a serious conversation when it happened. Um, me and Matt already had COVID nineteen once, um, not from anything with open relationships or anything like that. You know, this we had it very early on in the epidemic. Uh, got tested, um, and after that, we had to have a, a conversation with you know, how do we proceed forward? because it's irresponsible to put each other's lives in danger. Uh, you know, Matt works from home, but I also, I, I work in restaurants, as I mentioned before, and I come in contact with people on a daily basis, multiple people, whether it's customers, whether it's my staff, you know, is my irresponsible behavior at that moment of doing, you know, am I putting somebody else in danger uh, or in jeopardy? So we had to have that conversation um, and, you know, like you said before, how some people close and some people change the terms of their, their openness at times. You know, we, we did that for COVID. Um, and it was something that, you know, we had to discuss because, you know, I don't, I don't want it again. Yeah. And I also don't want to be, you know, I, I feel like our community already has enough problems, but those problems are fixable. Mm-hmm. Or at least, I shouldn't say fixable. They're, they're at least manageable. Um, Whereas COVID is more, you know, you don't want to constantly be putting that out there. This is going to help a lot of people, especially those of us who are potentially moving to a new city or trying to figure out what our 30s are going to look like. Flirty driving. <laughs> you know, I've thought about it. I think like once quarantine's over, your girl might be out in these streets again. But then I'm also like, it <laughs> just sounds so exhausting. But I don't know, moving to a new city and especially a very queer city like Philly is, we'll see what what's in the cards. And you know, these you never know these days with me. It's definitely a workout. <laughs> you know, I, I I think, you know, one of, I, I always am the biggest advocate for 
doing something you're not comfortable with, going, moving, getting away from home. We talked about that in our first podcast together. Run, girl, run. Um, But, you know, when, if you're running and something comes up and, you know, you never know. You better not move to Philly if I don't, I better see you before you go. Either way, but. You owe us a visit. Yeah, what the fuck. Listen, if you tell the people in Dallas to get their shit together, if you tell Texas to get their shit together, I'll come visit. I will visit before I leave. Don't worry. As we're recording right now, you know, Abbott has just decided that uh, a statewide mask ordinance, you know, is is in place. Like, be be a thing. Hindsight's always 2020, right? We're going to close down again. (laughs) Yeah, legit. They close all the bars again in Austin. Maybe oh, they're closed all over. I mean, all I, we live—you know—we live on the strip. Um, mm-hmm. Into the gay bars, and you know, gay bars were open for two and a half weeks, three weeks, and we're back closed again. Um, you know, it's—I—I I, I know we're getting away from the, the topic of open relationships and yeah. the dynamic that we came in on to begin with, but you know, I'm concerned and what this means for not only people in Texas but our community in general. Um, you know the gay community has always been bar driven, whether it's employment or socially. Um, and you have a lot of people who you've removed the social aspect from their life. Um, and I get it. It's the responsible thing to do to close these bars. I'm totally for it. Um, and the same thing with, you know, you've removed people's livelihoods and, you know, mental health is not a strong, uh, is not the gay community's LGBT plus strongest suit. And I'm, I'm worried about the lasting effects that this is going to have um, on, especially our younger, younger community members, um, not having a place for outlet, not, you know, especially in Texas, you know, yeah. not having a place to be themselves, not having a place to have outlets. We basically skipped pride month because there's, we can't, you know, be out together, which was replaced by wrath month as I made the joke earlier, but you know, June has been a hell of a month. July is shaping up to be the same. So I'm, I'm hoping we can get past something and return to some normal. My whole thing too, is like just thinking about the amount of, you know, queer people, especially young queer people who are like stuck in homes where their families aren't accepting, like how detrimental that is to their mental health. And then also like this whole policing of other people. I know this isn't on the topic, but the policing of other people who are like out in the community and like, I just want everyone to be like, have a little bit more space. I know your friend has been struggling with being alone and just like this is there there are ways to navigate quarantine when we don't have to be assholes to each other yeah there's no there's no need to add on to the already stressed stressed situation that we're all under to begin with you know people are causing other people to lose their jobs for for very small things and their livelihoods and it's it's i mean what's crazy about that though it's like they go on this this rant right where they they're so passionate about it, but the, the drop of a hat. Yeah. Also, like the biggest thing of a lot of people are like, it, you know, obviously I agree. Like wearing a mask not only protects you, but protects other people. So it shows that you care about people outside of yourself. Yes. Also, the black community has been suffering from COVID at expen- exponentially higher rates than any other community. Great. Yeah. But also, like, we cannot forget that, like, the pandemic of of being black and dealing with racism in this country. I want people to pay attention to that. Like, some of these people who are out here, like, being activists and doing this work is, like, really important. And, like, we can both be keeping safe during COVID and fighting to make things better. 
with being black, uh, the, the being black outweighing the corona fears at that time, you know, you, you hear the same audience that we were talking about earlier say, you know, oh, everybody, you know, we're having protests during this pandemic. How safe is that? I can't wait to see these numbers. And it's like, we're the, the line for them. Like, I don't understand the justification. People are dying. These topics need to be addressed. I'm sorry that it, it's not falling in your ideal time frame. But there were protests about mass mass before. Like. Oh, do not get me started. It was a whole <laughs> it was a whole conversation here in Austin about it because the fucking APD literally let you know. I'm gonna say it, white supremacists and the and the right be very much like at the Capitol with guns and everything else, and they basically like rolled out a red carpet. But then you have people protesting for Black Lives Matter, and it was literally every cop in Austin was on, you know, high alert and in gear. But it's just you—they've been saying like the, there was two pandemics in this con- in this country: racism and COVID. And currently, COVID is continuing to rear its ugly head, and racism hasn't taken a break. So yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. And John, John, you made the comment too of you know seeing how many gay people have really like showed their true colors during black lives matter and you know the governor even saying i can't wait to see what the numbers look like and i was like you know let's let's take this in for a minute you literally opened the state back up like memorial day so that's where we really saw this spike every single protest i went to every single person was wearing a mask keeping distance like doing the whole thing but you're right let's blame the protest as to why covid is running rampant air quotes i mean i love how greg Abbott or the, he loves to be like how could millennials not be wearing a mask and you know I feel like every time I go out it's not millennials we're wearing it's not masks. millennial Gen Z <laughs> I mean it's Karen throwing a fit inside of a Kroger because how dare she um I mean like a dad and son and the son is wearing a mask but the dad isn't it's like I'm not doing that. Like, well, what? it's been the, they've been using the my body, my choice stance, which I'm like, oh, yeah, how convenient. <laughs> they, they know what that means now, right? They understand. I was, I was reading something last night, like, y'all knew exactly what defund meant when you're trying to take money away from Planned Parenthood. I said, oh. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we talked about, we talked about racism in the gay community and the bear community in our last podcast together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, a lot of a lot of white gay men have really showed who they are through this Black Lives Matter um, reckoning that we're having right now. Um, and I say drag them, drag them, drag them long, drag them hard, and it's about time. So I, I'm glad we, we got where we can get. I called out. Uh, I was on a panel this past weekend with Austin Black Pride, and I called out OCH and Rain for not making a statement sooner they waited like a good two or three weeks to say black lives matter so oh y'all y'all care now so but with covid what happened <laughs> it's oh, like the next day rain rain doesn't care that's not their demographic who am i what do i know but i'm sure <laughs> waiting for that response <laughs> just, just tell me at you come come at me i said that I was like my name my email is <laughs> my instagram <laughs> is this my phone number oh. is this well, this, this podcast is probably going to come out in November. So hopefully by then we will have a new, a new government, a new president, a new Senate. Um, and maybe something's done, you know, the current, the current nominee may not be everybody's favorite right now, but you know, 
it can't get much worse at this point. So I will be sure to link all the things I can possibly link for this episode. I'll be sure to tag Matt and John's Instagrams in the show notes. Um, As you know, I like to wrap every show with a question. What is the best advice you were ever given or what's a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? And you both can answer. I'll go second. Go ahead, Matt. (laughs) Go second. I got to think about it. All right. So, so, you know, I gave mine one last time, the best advice I was given. And after we wrapped up, you said to me, I'm surprised you didn't go with the one your mother said. Um, You know, my mother said something to me a very long time ago. And, you know, we talked a little bit about my, me and my mother's relationship and its issues at times. But she said to me, never underestimate somebody else's crazy. And that has been something that I think has helped guide me (laughs) through a lot of situations of, you know, I might think I'm crazy, but never underestimate the power of somebody else being crazy. And I think that truer words have never been spoken in this crazy time, you know, before you, you go and pop off on somebody or before something happens or goes down, never underestimate the power of a crazy person sitting next to you. I would say keep having fun, but don't, don't get carried away. You're going to get carried away. Don't, don't let yourself fall into that trap. I, I would have more words on it, obviously, but I think there's a lot of things I probably could have sidestepped. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at theteawithbrie at gmail.com and visit the website, theteawithbriepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or where you get your podcast. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I will talk to you all next week. Goodbye.